uh, welcome everyone to another episode of our Rumble podcast. I am thrilled and honoured today to have two uh, guests with us. We have Paul Brown and we have David Millen. And uh, welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good uh, to be here. Uh, introduce yourselves, yeah. please. Yeah. Well, um, my name is Paul Brown, as you've heard. Um, uh, I'm married to Margaret, have uh, uh, four, four kids who are now actually... Um, well-matured uh, folks, um, but I, and I've had the joy of being involved um, in uh, evangelical ministries and uh, in uh, serving on the mandate committee. So, yeah, that's my background. Yeah. <laughs> I'm David Millen, and I had the privilege of serving with Paul. Uh, mm-hmm. I was the director of EM uh, for many years, and uh, during the time whenever the mandate was, was started, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Paul, of course, was on the board, and uh, I'm married to Rini, and we have three grown-up kids, each of whom have a boy and a girl, so we have mm-hmm. six grandkids, mm-hmm. and I've got three great-grandkids. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, two, better not count my chicken before we're hatched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Thank you for taking the time to be, to be here today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start with Paul. Paul, tell us a little bit about you, your, your career, life. Right, yes, well... Um, uh, my career, I, I, I trained as a, a civil engineer. Um, I moved to Northern Ireland um, back in the early 60s, 1964. Um, when I was here, um, I met uh, um, my girlfriend, um, met, shall we say, the girl that became my wife. Uh, she introduced me to Jesus Christ. I had no idea who... Uh, Jesus Christ was other than uh, some sort of religious figure Um, and as a result of our relationship I trusted Christ had my life completely turned around um, uh, and uh, so that the sort of two defining moments in my life were um, back in 1965 when I trusted Christ at the age of 24 and uh, and then married Margaret in 1966 we um, uh, live in, uh, I should say that um, I came to Belfast uh, in 1966 to work on the Belfast Urban Motorway, um, which uh, some of it was built. Um, uh, I then finished my career um, working for the housing executive and ended up as a, as a director of design services there. Um, retired in uh, 2020, uh, 2002 and had the opportunity of serving um, on um, uh, the mandate committee as chairman for uh, almost ten years at that stage. So, that's my link with um, with the, uh, coming to Northern Ireland and being involved in, in the mandate committee. Mm. Brilliant. And David, tell us a bit about you. Yeah, for me, I mean, I I was a Quandy Chevair, chartered Quandy Chevair, and uh, I've been doing that happily. And then, uh, well, I got involved with this group, uh, I volunteered to be on the board of. Even it was called Evangelical Youth Movement, later to become Evangelical Ministries. Um, so I, I did that, and then I had a burden to be uh, leading summer teams into the south of Ireland, which our, our work was doing. And, and then I got a real burden for the south of Ireland, and I came back to the board saying, hey guys, you need to send somebody down there, because we're seeing people come to Christ, and there's nobody discipling them. So... Of course, uh, here am I saying somebody else, but then the Lord had different ideas. So uh, I'd actually gone into teaching Jordanstown, Quanish Ravan, as a lecturer, and then God just spoke to us, and uh, 
we went south in the church planting ministry for six years wow. as a family. And uh, so we, we, we have great memories because we now can look at a church down there, which mm -hmm. is it's thriving at the moment. So wow. it's a great thrill to look back on that. But when I came north again, uh, I was asked by the founder of EYM if I would take his job on. <laughs> so uh, I led the work for 26 years. And wow. in that time, one of the things that great things that happened was the mandate got started. Brilliant. Uh, you know, in the meantime, of course, I was Mark up married and I Paul <laughs> and all the rest of it. So it's it's been a a good uh, looking back. Was said to Paul, nobody can say I have no regrets, but mm. a lot of blessings yeah, and uh, yeah. uh, just been fantastic uh, adventure. Yeah, brilliant. You've both alluded to this thing, the mandate. Yeah. Obviously, um, this is the thing that was kind of passed on to us at some stage a number of years ago, whenever. EM was winding down, someone had said, look, you know, there's a Saturday there in November that's normally being used for a men's conference. Why don't you use as, as in our former uh, name, CVM, take it on? And we now call it Regular Joes, um, based on the the, story, the verse in Acts 4, 13, that they looked at Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, yeah. ordinary men. <laughs> they were regular okay. Joes, but they took note that they'd been with Jesus. Yeah. And... And part of my heart for wanting to get you guys in today was just to honour you both mm -hmm. and the, the wider team that there was because everywhere I go, I still meet people who had such a God encounter or had their life transformed yeah. or met Jesus for the first time at the Mandiate. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear the story of it. I'd love to understand where it all came from. Um, so where, where did it all begin? Uh, well, David, maybe you'd be best to 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 talk about that. Well, I mean, I, I think at the time we all, we were already running a, a, another thing called Focus Fest, and it was a similar thing for women, mm -hmm. and but uh, and it, it it had grown and grown. We ended up the our shock, I and mean, it ended up with nearly four thousand women coming every year. Wow! And it was absolutely fabulous. And, and this is across denominations yes yeah, just across everywhere people flying and even from you know overseas Absolutely. yeah that's what we know <laughs> even with the mandate remember the first mandate started and you could tell which denomination they were about how they raised their hands and all that and the brethren guys they, they stood there like zombies wondering what was going on but then each year you couldn't tell because they were all learning from each other you know what was yeah. happening but yeah so focus fest was going on one of the factors was the women were coming back saying why can't our husbands get this? Yeah. At the same time, we were in the vision. EEM was about helping churches to find a vision. If a vision was a word picture painted by faith of something far better than we know today. Wow. And it, it was all about knowing where God is already working mm. and joining him in his plans, not think, figuring out plans for ourselves. And when God wants to do work, quite often he starts disturbing people. I think of uh, Nehemiah, mm -hmm. happy in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. that these guys come and tell him about the awful situation. Mm -hmm. And suddenly he's disturbed and he has to do something. Absolutely. So that's a vision. He, but um, with us, it was, it was a bit of that too, because I was going around churches on our team. We had a team of 13 at one time. And uh, they were going around churches coming back. Where are the men? Mm -hmm. And they called it the lifeboat church and the women and children first. Mm -hmm. Where are the men? And uh, so we began to think about that, and we a number of us were disturbed. Was primarily, Ms. well, a guy called Tommy Kerr, he worked with us, mm -hmm. and also Hard Lewis, Reverend Hard Lewis, worked with us at the time, who's 
away to glory now. Um, so we started talking together about what could be done. We involved Paul and the rest, rest of the board. And finally we said, look, we've got to try. And then people said, there's no way I'd get men to come out like those women. Well, not on a Saturday. <laughs> the matches are on. And so um, um, we, we said, we've, we've, got to, we've got to try this and do something. So we actually sent two of our staff, Tommy and Art Lewis, over to check out Promise Keepers, which we'd heard about. Yeah, yeah. And they came back full of it, and they thought we could do this, but not really with the Promise Keepers program, but our own. Uh, it should be more definitely looking Irish. It looks kind of Celtic and that sort of, th sort of stuff. And uh, so we we hired the Assembly Hall for the first year, thinking, will we ever fill it? People said, men will not come out for a whole day. and. It was booked up well in advance, mm. and it, it went from there, you know. 1996, I think it was, 96. David, that, uh -huh. uh, the first one, uh -huh. and uh, just expanded from from there. Um, and, of course, I think one of the things that we were trying to do was not just have a meeting for men, but have an opportunity for men to engage uh, with each other. And uh, part of that process was to have seminars, try and uh, break down what the, the main theme of the conference would be. And we, we had, uh, obviously, each year we had a planning committee and we, just, we, we, we sought God's uh, heart on on what the theme should be and who would be the best person to to uh, to expand that theme and uh, we had a wonderful range of speakers over the years who who seemed to to to, to engage exactly and then around that theme uh, we would find out well what are men struggling with at the moment what are the big issues in their lives and uh, whether it was I mean I remember the first one was money sex and power or one of the, the early ones um, and then we would have seminars around them so the idea was that the guys could break up and and go and and actually um, uh, engage in 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 the particular topics that they were involved in and so those seminars I think uh, yeah. provided a, a key and uh, we also tried to make sure that um, it wasn't just preaching from the front as well that we had um, we introduced some comedy into it and of course um, Robin Mark and his band were uh, inspirational I think in yeah, the early days in in providing the, the worship um, and David and I were chatting a bit earlier on um, and um, we were just reflecting that some of those early recordings um, that were made during the conference ended up as being um, sort of almost uh, going round to the, e the ends of the earth, really. Uh, I remember a story, um, which true story, we, were, we would get emails from all over the place about people who had heard Robin's music yeah. from the mandate. And uh, I remember one we read, and uh, there's a guy from Nairobi or somewhere, and uh, he had said, um, I was going along in this taxi in Nairobi, and I heard this, this divine music. <laughs> and I said, oh, man to the taxi driver, what is this divine music? And he says, this divine music is from the mandate in Belfast. He says, I've got this music and I listen every day to this music and I am determined to learn how to play such music. Please send me a piano. <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah it, it went all, all over the place. And Robin, a lot of credit to Robin. He had a real mastery there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's really blown my mind. You know, the years, or the few years that we have run a similar thing, um, is that sound. 
you can't fake it. Men, know, men's voices together. It is oh, just man. unbelievable. Hair in the back of your neck stands. Is, uh, you know, and you know, I have, a, I have a, a friend as well who, who um, is in ministry, and he would say, "There's some of the girls in their office would, if the if it comes on in the background, one of the tracks from the mandate, they're like." It's just nothing like that. Even yeah, women yeah, acknowledging yeah. that, yeah. and I think it's still one of the only few albums, mm-hmm. some of the only few albums that even get on iTunes today. Yeah, that's specifically men worshiping. And we got a we got a golden disc used to hang on the wall there, you know, about our <laughs> yeah. sales of that. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, but in terms of what Paul was saying about how you, I mean that the, the sort of mix of what we were doing. I think that comedy was also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, had yeah. A, I can't remember the name of the guys that did the comedy, yeah. but they were brilliant. Yes. Yeah. People were roaring. Except about a third of the people came from overseas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as Australia and Canada mm-hmm. would come. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, but a lot of people from Scotland and Wales and yeah. England. Um, but uh, 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 the problem was that the comedy was more colloquial jokes. Yeah. So they were going, what's that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the application, and Paul was saying the seminars would always applied the truth that the teachers mm-hmm. would 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 speak from the front mm-hmm. and and got right down know mm-hmm. how are you deal with yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. how are you going to adjust your life to accommodate this truth and uh but also i think there's at times we just in the big in the big hall we would just say guys i want you to realize you've come with other guys from the church so just turn around where you are mm-hmm. and yeah, pray yeah, for one another yeah, yeah. and you could just see god working and yeah some groups guys were in tears and crying and hugging each other around mm-hmm. the hall it was really special mm-hmm. and then at the end we also gave opportunity for guys to come forward mm-hmm. and and if they wanted to rededicate their lives and every year we were seeing people actually mm-hmm. come to faith yeah. Yeah. and also r- people really dealing with god mm-hmm. you know um i remember one year two group of guys were 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 feeling that they were in this church and but the church was going nowhere and God really spoke to all of them that day that they were to go and plant a new church. And I'm not mentioning any names, yeah, but that yeah. church is thriving today. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, I mean, I can think, uh, like yourself, uh, regularly meeting guys saying, mm-hmm. why is mandate not mm-hmm. on? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I miss that so much. Mm-hmm. I just got revived there. and yeah. uh, So it's been, it was a great experience. Uh, I, I was going to say, I know in the early days, um, uh, some of the feedback that that would come back into the office um, following it was was amazing. You know, uh, we we got some women ringing in to say, "Thank you for the mandate. Our husbands or boyfriends have come back um, yeah. completely changed." That I yeah. mean, that was just powerful. Yeah. Some of those things. That's so encouraging. Mm. Do you mind me asking, um, where did the name come from? <laughs> I, think I think it was one of our staff, was Raymond. It? Was it Raymond? Yes, Raymond yes. Came up with this name, the mandate. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a, right, as time went on, it was a wee bit <laughs> dodgy name. Yeah. Because I think, I think people began to drop the the yes, from the title, just, and it just became mandate. Yeah, yeah. People not understand yes, the two yeah. different, the major but difference. Absolutely, yeah. but the, it was the the mandate, a mandate to yeah, men. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, that changes yeah, it. We were yeah. getting guys phoning who uh, weren't interested in going to Christian conferences. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. As, uh, and Paul, how did you feel then as as chairing a, a board of trustees in that moment of you know booking a, a big, taking a big significant mm-hmm. risk 
as a, as a, as a charity back yeah, then. Yes, yes. And booking out yeah. halls like assembly buildings or waterfronts or, or the, it went on well, to the Odyssey it, then. It, it, went, it, was the it went on now. to the Odyssey. I mean, that was that was scary because the the uh, um, uh, the outlay for the Odyssey was was enormous, and uh, we spent two years in the Odyssey. The first year was. Um, uh, I think we probably had about three thousand folks, and then the, the second year we were aiming at about four and a half thousand, and I, I think we probably still a, en, ended up at about three thousand. Um, yes, it was scary, um, but you know what? We had a group of godly men together, yeah. and uh, uh, the risk factor wasn't wasn't something that we ever we ever thought about. Yeah, it was yeah. really how could we maximise uh, an event that would bring. Uh, as many men together as wanted to come, so we—I don't think we ever fearful about um, no, uh, no. about uh, the, the finance of it. But it, there was a there was just a can-do attitude. Um, each yeah. member of the committee brought something different along with them as well, and and it was like a, a melding of the ideas as yeah, we as we sought actually what what God wanted to do, yeah. um, which I think was the exciting thing. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, we were, it was almost as if, you know, what, again, where's God working? What's God doing? So even when we doubled our numbers from 1,000 roughly to 2,000 in the waterfront, um, we were turning away hundreds and hundreds of guys. Mm-hmm. And, and then we thought, well, can we take this? Because it wasn't proportionally higher. It was much more expensive for the Odyssey. And actually, the first year, I remember, it was 3,900 in the Odyssey. Um, but the problem was... They had just put boards over the ice. Mm-hmm. So if we had, had cold. sales of, of uh, willy socks that day, they would have made a fortune. Right. But the guys were freezing. And so the second year, we needed to get up to at least 4,000 yeah. and kick and four and a half, as Paul mm-hmm. said. But mm-hmm. we, we couldn't... Uh, people didn't like the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Some was different than... Yeah, the, yeah. the waterfront was a brilliant hall for it, but yeah. the Odyssey was like mm-hmm. a big barn and it was freezing. Mm-hmm. Now, the second year, we actually hired carpet, which cost us a fortune <laughs> to put over all of that ice right. and stuff. That's right, yeah. But it's still... They didn't turn up, so we... Yeah. If you lose... If you go down a thousand, it was yeah. thirty pounds a ticket or something. So it was thirty thousand we lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that was a bit, mm-hmm. a bit hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about what about the the plethora of speakers from all over the world? Yeah, the grace, yeah. you yeah. know, the platform yeah. at the moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, uh, you, David, I think you, you took a note of some of the some of the guys. I mean, they were they were just uh, they they seemed to be excited to come. Yeah. Um, they were. Inspirational. I mean, David, you've got a list of some of the names. Yeah, some of the names. I mean, um, Henry Black. I mean, you know, many, many will know from experiencing God that he, he was incredible. I mean, normally before the event, we would have the speaker arrive and be put in the hotel, and then we go and meet them the next day and sit for an hour or so just to chat things through. When we met with Henry, we were there four mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to leave. He just mm-hmm. was such a godly man, but. Yeah. Uh, Mark Driscoll, who will, you'll know, but yeah. he's had a, mm-hmm. not such a good time since then. But yeah. um, Haddon Robinson, who was seen as the the prince of preachers in our day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Johnson, um, mm-hmm. John Stott, mm-hmm. Lyndon Barring from Care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should mention that right at the start, you mm-hmm. know, um, when well, we had sent the guys to uh, Promise Keepers and so on, came back and we're really starting to get the detailed planning. We were approached by Kerr in Northern Ireland, and uh, 
it was different from Care for the family. It was mm-hmm. Care. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they came and they said, "Look, I've heard what you're wanting to do. Would you, would you mind if we partnered with you?" Wow. So they came in at that stage, and they were with, with us a number of years. They were. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. think Care went through different yeah. struggles, and yeah. they dropped out. But, sure. Uh, so just to give that credit Absolutely. to them as well. Um, yeah, so people like those sort of level mm. of guys. We had Rico Tice, I remember. Rico, Rico yeah. was well, of course Rico yeah, Tice. Yeah. Erwin yeah. McManus was here. Erwin McManus was yeah. here. Yeah. Yes, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, mm-hmm. uh, and what do you call the guy that did uh, the Father Heart of God? Um, from, he had he, uh, big fella about six feet six, but <laughs> uh, he was brilliant too. Mm-hmm. His name's out of my head, but uh, he was there. Uh, so. Top line speakers, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and they, uh, by and large, they were brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. but obviously, you know, you take a risk. So these guys, yeah, <laughs> of course, you haven't heard. And yep. mm-hmm. I remember one year saying more about it, but we <laughs> <laughs> definitely went <laughs> the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> learn from these yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's only yeah. 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 a lot of times, yeah. you do. You wonder, oh Lord. Especially yeah. when you're trying to when you're trying to connect with so many denominations. Yeah, you know, and, exactly. and have something for everyone. It's mm-hmm. definitely definitely hard to do mm. <laughs> and i think one other thing i noticed was we started getting a phone call to say we want to start a men's ministry in our area yeah so one of our team tommy was going around the country and helping them start mm-hmm. men's ministries and we Brilliant. were uh, encouraging them along that way so uh, this was very yes it seemed to spawn a lot of uh, um interest in yeah. individual churches to bring men together and so i think that was a, a really good spin-off from the mandate yeah. so you had uh, churches that never had their men together realizing that there's something wonderful they could do and bring the guys together so yeah that has been a, a very positive uh result. and parallel conferences mm-hmm. uh there was one started in the south which we called a friend of mine who actually was the pastor of the church that we saw planted uh-huh. he started one Patty, so we always called it Patty's Mandate. So, <laughs> and then it was, we were asked to go and advise people in, in Wales and Scotland about yes. mm-hmm. new conferences mm-hmm. there. So, um, yeah, it was a special time. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, what would you, what would you then would you think? Uh, let me give you three, um, three headings. Then, um, some stories or some personal things that you you've heard or or really impacted individual men through the mandate, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've met countless men, yeah. you know, guys here in ministry, who it was the real foundation mm-hmm. of a move of God in their life that changed mm-hmm. the trajectory mm-hmm. of their ministry and it's mm-hmm. impacted through that one guy has impacted probably mm-hmm. thousands if not yeah. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, what do you think it also did for the local church mm-hmm. with regards to men? Um, we, we used to host uh, a group of men coming from um, Cambridgeshire uh, we put them up, we got our neighbours to put them up, and um, uh, they came every year for, um, uh, I suppose, um, eight or nine years. And um, the stories that we, ho- we heard about the impact on the, the lives of, of, of the people were, were very, very encouraging, particularly uh, stories of, of fathers bringing their sons along and the sons going back and, and really uh, being spiritualized. So I think that's a, that has been, uh, for me, seeing uh, uh, the impact on this particular group of men and how, um, how they carried back with them a, a new enthusiasm and a new vision for, for life in the church. And then seeing the, 
the, the sons of one of the uh, one of the guys coming across, and uh, I think that was and and obviously still going on with the Lord now at the moment. So, yeah, that was encouraging to see that. So, in terms of the the, the local church, well, David, I, I know you've a few more stories to to, to talk about. Yeah, it's just that, you know what one of the things that seemed to happen just just spontaneously was churches would say to their guys like. You know, the next day was a Sunday, so they would say, "Guys, come up and tell us what's happened." And then some of the stories that came out there, um, some of them were funny. I mean, I remember one, but <laughs> one year we did a theme, uh, money, sex, and power with the tea things, which we <laughs> put people down. And uh, one guy in a Balamina church was asked to get up and tell what happened. They demanded it, and he started said, "Well, in the morning we had money." In the afternoon, we had, I'm not going any further, but <laughs> an eruption. Um, so, but then from that, then there was a real interest to continue something in local churches. Yeah. But it's an individual lives. I mean, I think of one guy I know who actually ended up working with us, mm. uh, but he was a businessman. And he came to the mandate, and at the end, God broke him, and he came forward and... Uh, Afterwards, he said, I lived a compartmentalized, that's the right word, life. He said, God was for Sundays. And then during the week, my ethics were the same as anybody else's. Um, But I realized that that the whole relationship with God has to be my whole life. Now, he's ended up, he's still virtually full time in work and doing a a great work in the Africa. Um, So there's been so much. so many again the phone calls we were getting every year so this guy's come to the lord this guy's got saved i have a new husband um i have a new father uh it just was precious yeah yeah i remember um for me one of the first years that we that we ran the conference um i'm sure like in your experience as well you get churches just block booking a certain amount of tickets yeah. and then they try and get their guys to take one or come along and there was one guy who wasn't told anything what it was. He was just told that you're coming to this, here's a ticket. And he arrived and didn't have a clue what he was coming into. And that experience of the worship, men in worship, and yeah. the word being preached and everything. And uh, we had Roy Crown. Um, he's went on to become our chairman at the oh, moment. Okay. Roy's our chairman at the moment. And he, he remember him speaking at it and he, he made a, 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 an appeal for salvation. And this guy had never been in a church yeah. setting before. All of a sudden, he's in this room with hundreds of men. God's touching and moving in his life. His son had previously come to faith a few months previous, so we had a rough idea of what it, what it was entailing because uh, his son was in a real bad background of addiction and stuff. Um, and I remember Terry, 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 Terry had said to me whenever at the time would come for the, the appeal, um, Roy had asked for guys to come forward, you know, rather than just sitting there putting up a hand. He had said, you know, uh, um, and Terry, Terry in his Northern Irishness turned to his friend behind him and just went, suppose I better just go and see this man up here, mate. <laughs> yeah, lovely story. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, yeah. and I'm sure, like, that's only one from yeah. us, but I'm oh, sure yeah. there's hundreds, if not more, this was from one, the years. One came to mind for me, which was precious too. Um, we, we'd been, I, I'd been in the band, I'd been in the, with the band that year, and... Uh, this guy had he came up afterwards and told me about this. He says I came today and he said there's one of my mates and he lost a baby this week, 
And it had such a profound impact on him that he felt he wanted to die. And he was really, really, and he says, I virtually dragged him here. And we sang that song, uh, Because He Lives I Can Face Tomorrow. And in the middle of it was, How Sweet to Hold a Newborn Baby. And I still can remember that. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the guy just, when he was singing that, he just, he cracked up mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then, Because He Lives I Can oh. Face Tomorrow. Yeah. And it, 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 the guy went home transformed. Absolutely. So it's just so many stories mm -hmm. we'll never hear. We'll hear them yes. glory. Yes. Absolutely. And that's good enough for us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. The Lord get the glory in. <laughs> Um, just, just in closing, as we bring things to a, clo a conclusion, um, what, what about two things, just to close, um, from both of you, if you can, the, the, the world that we live in now is completely different from when the mandate first began. Mm. It's now coming up to its 30th year mm -hmm. in a few years, and we want to, we probably, we want to do something to mm -hmm. acknowledge what God's done and celebrate that in the, in the, whenever that time comes, but... Mm. What would you you say haven't been involved in men's ministry because it wasn't it is a men's ministry and has been what would you say to guys in our in, a, in the christian church today who might be listening to this uh but also what would you be saying to maybe some church leaders who are still trying to figure out how do we engage our men how do we um connect with our men better yeah that's uh, certainly the world uh, we're living in um is rapidly changing um and uh uh, it, it is a struggle, I think, to try and get men engaged um, into the life of the church. Um, but um, I suppose um, the work, the ministry that you're involved in um, is, to me, seems to be a, a great strategic ministry to encourage men to be involved. Um, first of all, uh, supporting and encouraging each other, being open with each other meeting together so ideally you know if there are opportunities to bring men together to uh to be open and honest and share exactly where they are but but most of all to 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 encourage them in their walk with the lord jesus um uh i think every opportunity that you can do to to do that is 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 not a wasted opportunity so i think church life has to do has to to try and embrace um men um in well in whatever whatever way they can to encourage them to be men together to be um godly men i mean as a theme of the mandate used to be um uh, men living as god intended and i think that's still a good theme for each church to to try and uh, and encourage men in in discipleship and in, in bringing them together so i mean it's a bit of a garbled message but i think it's still the same message uh, that we were um, trying to encourage men to do um, uh, back when the mandate was going so i still think that's a very important issue for for, for men today yeah for me i mean i started by saying that my ministry was to help churches to find a vision for growth and so on. Uh, of course, that caused me to have to ask, why do, do churches not grow? And as I look at it today, and I, I wish we could say that, well, the mandate cured that, and now the men were all turned on, and it's a different world. It's not, it's worse. Uh, our, it's, a, it's sort of a, a, a satanic tsunami, I believe. 
hitting our world at the moment and, and pe more and more people are beginning to turn away from God and especially men. Uh, men are missing. Uh, it's still a lifeboat, lifeboat church. Uh, the figures that I've found is, you know, at the moment is something like 65% of UK churches are uh, women, 35% men. The strange thing is it's not happening in other world religions. Um, it's not happening with the Muslims, the Islam. It's not happening with Hindus. It's, it seems to be peculiar. I don't know why to Christian men. Um, there, there's a, 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 a falling away. And the men who are there are largely pretty inactive. They may be in the top roles, but it's the women who are actually running the churches. They're there inactive. There's a, 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 a statistic came out just this week that across the UK that over 50% of kids will grow up in a home without a permanent father. Mm. It's terrible. Uh, another statistic was that 91% of a fa uh, and 91% uh, well, when the father attends church, 91% uh, true that the family will attend with yeah. him. So if the father's not attending and then the final awful statistic I'm going to cheer you up with is that um, at the present rate, we're losing young men by 2023. Uh, there won't be young men. So, for example, where will the young women find their partners? Mm -hmm. If I was asked now, what is the chief reason why the church in the UK is in decline? I would say lack of men. Mm -hmm. So in terms of ministers and church leaders, I think it's got to be, it's not an optional thing. They have to say, guys, this won't automatically fix we need to seek God for a fresh vision yeah. of what he's doing, you know, to, to, to turn men around and get involved with him and his plan. And as Paul said, listen to you this morning, Spud, and the, the stuff that you're doing, especially that discipleship stuff, mm -hmm. and it's spot on. Mm -hmm. And it starts off maybe just like Jesus did with 12 or even less, but just discipling them to become disciple makers, not mm -hmm. just to take in stuff and stop, but to actually multiply disciples mm -hmm. is a key. And I think that, you know, that ministry needs to be really, really blessed and helped and encouraged mm -hmm. and promoted. And I think that's a real key. Yeah. So what you guys are doing, mm -hmm. and even for local churches who do that, they also need the backup of different events that they can mm -hmm. take men to, even for attracting men who aren't saved yet, yeah. uh, at practical things, uh, Man, man, sort of thing, gender, mm -hmm. man, sort of stuff, yeah. and that's what you guys are offering mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So partner, partner mm -hmm. with you guys, mm -hmm. and uh, and and go to the your own conference now, <laughs> which is uh, going really good. Mm -hmm. um, so we thank you for all you guys are doing. Oh, no, we really yeah. appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Well, we we see we're we're just standing on the foundation mm -hmm. that you guys mm -hmm. have already laid, and thank you for that, and we honour you, and, mm -hmm. and really do everyone who has sown and given or attended or was part of organizing or volunteering because these things mm. didn't just happen Absolutely. by one or two people mm. uh, it never does it's always mm. the people behind the scenes as well so those who, who give so much mm. of their time and energy to making the mandate what it was um we just want to honor that mm. and give all, all the glory to god mm. but to thank you yeah, guys definitely. as well for that because mm. as, mm. as we've said and continue to say it's, it's so vital and, and it's mm. so needed um so anything else you just want to say just in closing I'm done. I'm no, yeah. I'm done. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Thank uh, you. God bless you guys Thank for coming. You. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We really hope and pray that God's word has spoken to your heart and that his Holy Spirit has empowered you to go out and be an effective man that people would look at you and really take note that you've been with Jesus. If we can help you or your church in any way in engaging and in reaching men, both inside and outside the church, this is a huge need in our time and in our world at this moment. Please go onto our website, rumble.vision, and send us an email, reach out to us. We would love to get a coffee and to talk to you about some of the things that we have that can help you at a local level. But we do hope that you can join us again soon for our next episode. Be blessed, and we'll see you again soon.